1: When it comes to your good bars, it's pretty slim pickings. When it comes to mine, it's barbecue chickens. up, nerds. It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the being the hardest-working guy at making sure you're telling someone that you are the hardest-working guy in the gym, too. Jimmy Butler, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it
2: going? Now, Mike, I don't really want to, like, brag about it, but I did wake up today at 3 in the morning. I did start prepping for Horse at exactly 3.01. I've been prepping for Horse since then. It is now 2 p.m. I've been prepping for 10 hours and 59 minutes straight
1: without any breaks. I just gotta let you know. For anyone out of the loop, <laughs> the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler's new team had training camp. Their first one at 10 a.m. Jimmy Butler showed up at 3.30 in the morning and Hardwood Paroxysm, a great Twitter account to follow, said that someone in the league this summer said, quote, Jimmy Butler is the hardest working guy in the gym and also the hardest working guy at making sure he tells you he's the hardest working guy in the gym. It's beautiful. It's so I funny. love Jimmy Butler so much. Oh, God. I think if we were to get one player on the show and I could pick anyone, I would pick Jimmy Butler. You've t- Talked about how much you love Jimmy Butler he's for various so reasons. He's so funny. He's so funny. He's funny
2: in a way that, like, if you didn't meet
1: him, he's funny in like a workplace sitcom sort of way. I think he's just funny in general because he is the perfect "I don't care what people think of me" kind of thing, and he doesn't take himself too seriously. I think he takes himself extremely seriously. <laughs> well, it's more of like, like he's not out here saying he's the greatest of all time, but he is out there being. Objectively, like I'm very good at basketball. Listen, People I'm just should out respect here me as such. I'm not even the best. I'm just grinding the hardest. But then he does things as jokes, but then runs with it. It was apparently a locker room thing where he just liked country music, ironically, and now he genuinely <laughs> likes it. So uh, I just appreciate committing to bits. That's very true. I do like to imagine that, like on the Office, it's like da da da
2: da da da, that is Steve Carell. And Rain Wilson and then Jimmy Butler just like flipping
1: a fax machine somewhere. It'd be really good. It'd be really good. So anyway, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to cover <laughs> in this episode of Force. Before we get into it, we gotta head really quickly to the Teal Memorial Locker Room. No, she's not dead to get ready for this. Casual. Episode. See, now you're just like, uh-huh. no, no,
2: she's not dead. Uh-huh. Don't even ask me about she's it. She's not dead. I've never talked about the fact that she's not dead. Officer, what are you doing here? I have never
1: even heard of Teal, but she's not dead, she's if not you dead. wanted to know. How's it going, sir? She's not dead. <laughs> You know who else shows up very early to the training camp for the Miami Heat? Our <laughs> our, new pat- our new patron. Our new patron, Jaden Guthrie. They show up
2: six and a half hours early. They show up and wait for our podcast to come out. And they're like,
1: I've been here waiting. To, I'm ready to go 1.3 speed whenever you are. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to Siobhan Ellsbury, who upgraded her pledge in preparation for the new season. She recently tweeted that she's so hyped for the season to start because of the show. So I can only think that she said, all right, season's getting ready. I got to up the pledge. Let's do this. I
0: appreciate
2: this. Like we've been doing this for a year. that like our listeners are now like a little bit more NBA literate. Yeah. Now our introduction to the season that we're going to do next episode is going to be great.
1: And Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to do it. I think if someone is genuinely interested in the show, they'll start from the beginning. And after you listen to 30 whatever episodes of Force, you get a pretty rough understanding. you got a vibe for who Russell Westbrook is yeah. and why he is a ridiculous why human being. Why he the way that he is. Why his slogan is why not and how fitting it is. But also, let's give love to our existing producer level patrons. Brianne Wingate-Burger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvatore Tessa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge. I Worked with Eric's Dad, Caitlin Hates Square Dancing, Jordan Wood, and I am... Adam Silver thanks Adam Silver he's ready for the season (laughs) too he's getting up at a regular time at 6 a.m there's enough to like stretch out but like it's not wild he's got a league to run and he needs to make sure that the lights stay on and speaking of the lights staying on or not stay on because he's a Nosferatu the vampire true but the other people he knows needs lights but if we got to keep our lights on we have to thank our sponsors Wix Wix is fantastic they help you make a website and it's very simple to do they have over 400 templates you can choose all different styles depending on whatever you're looking for maybe you're trying to promote your professional basketball league and you're Adam Silver and you want more people to watch your games. And you don't really know about graphic design, so you need someone with templates that are interactive. They'll let you pick color schemes and font themes and upload photos and GIFs and videos of your cool basketball league that everyone ought to check out. That's where Wix can come into play.
2: Maybe you're the Brooklyn Nets and you need help figuring out a better template for I don't know, whatever kind of art you're doing. Maybe you should look to your Wix template instead of whoever told you to make these terrible, terrible jerseys.
1: If you want to see some fun Twitter exchanges about the Awful Brooklyn Nets jerseys that and they revealed. And Mike making fun of my mom. Look, she thought they were cool. It, she she's needed my, to be.
2: She's a fifty-something-year-old woman living in Nashville.
1: Like she <laughs> loves costumes. She just loves costumes. <laughs> if you want to see that, go to our Twitter page where we ridiculed the Nets for the awful jerseys that they have. But anyway, Wix. If you want to create an account with Wix, you can have unlimited time to make your website using a free account, and then when you upgrade to premium, you can get a custom domain name and emails associated with your website. All sorts of cool features. And when you make that upgrade, if you want to save ten percent, you. Can If you go to horsehoops.com slash Wix and click the link, when you check out for Wix Premium, you'll get 10% off. So use the templates, make an awesome website, promote your basketball league, and save 10% while you do so at horsehoops.com slash Wix today. Thanks, Wix. (laughs) Yay. And finally, we just want to thank everybody who came out to Multitude Live in Boston. It was great to perform in front of you and really appreciate you coming out and seeing us in the flesh. I
2: also want to thank Jalen Brown for showing up. It was really sweet of you. The fact that we traded jerseys after the show mm-hmm. was really sweet. Right. Now, I know you're wearing uh, Mitchell and Ness throwback uh, Vince Carter jersey now, which is a little weird. But yours does smell
1: really nice, and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming through, Jalen. Hope the Celtics don't trade you, which might happen. Stop. Stop <laughs> it. We're not doing this. Didn't extend his contract. Oh, We're not doing <laughs> this.
2: So We're going to talk about a fun thing that we both agree <laughs> on is fun.
1: Oh, time out. Hey, it's me, Present Mike, with a little update about this episode. We recorded this one a little early due to preparation for the live show in Boston, and because of that, we did it before the whole NBA-China-Hong Kong situation exploded. And rather than talk about it on this episode, we wanted to let the situation play out a little bit longer. It's a very complex international issue that, frankly, Eric and I are not well-versed enough to speak about at length, and the NBA side of it keeps changing every single day, almost every single hour. So we're going to hold off, let this one flesh out, and and then on the next episode, we'll have a full discussion of the issue, how it relates to the NBA, what the future is going to look like, etc. But until then, please enjoy this episode of Force. Yes, let's move on to a fun thing in our first segment, which is called Full Court Press. Get it? Like the news? Now, our rap beefs press, like, is that news in the traditional sense? It's the offseason, so it's news now because <laughs> we need it.
2: Now, we know that this news is relatively old when you're going to get this, but What are we a basketball podcast where we talk about everything except for the wins and losses and also every single like
1: at least one reference to this every single episode like what kind of show would we be. It's just too on brand for horse for us not to discuss it even though this episode is releasing almost two weeks after the took place (laughs) look we have to talk about this because it is the most on brand thing Ever. We are the sports reporters of NBA players, both new and old, getting into rap beef. So, like, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So we've tantalized your earbuds enough for this. We've built up all the hype. What happened? Shaquille O'Neal and Damian Lillard have a rap beef.
2: Yay! It's Christmas! <laughs>
1: Christmas is I don't in even celebrate October. it, but I know it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so this all began when Damian Lillard appeared on the Joe Budden podcast and said that he thought he was the best NBA player that also raps, saying that he thinks he's even better than Shaq, who's probably the most notable NBA player rapper other than Damian Lillard. I appreciate this because it's true. <laughs> He is the most talented. Like, right, we're not even. That's what I think he's getting at. He is better. His bars are better. Shaq was fun, and he was one of the first people to do it, and he was goofy. And I would say he, the most popular, the most successful. Which oh we've yeah, talked about before. Totally. And I was very surprised when I was doing some research here. Shaq released four albums. They all charted. His debut album went platinum, and his second album went gold. Yeah, that's what I said during the NBA rappers. One- Still so surprised. Mm. So. After Damien said this on the Joe Budden podcast, a few days later, Shaq drops a track on YouTube, which (laughs) did you catch what the title of this one was? Yes, I did. It was very good. The title is called Freestyle in parentheses Dame Dollar (laughs) Diss. Dame Dalla is Damien Lillard's rap name, so just not a creative diss track title at all. Usually part of the fun of a diss track is to make the title some sort of burn hidden in there. He just was straight up dad mode, this is what I have created. He bounced it, and he forgot to change the file when he uploaded it. then <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: like also that he uploaded
1: it to YouTube. Right. Because you know where everyone listens <laughs> to their audio. And the place that it was uploaded through the account is datpiff.com? Yeah,
2: datpiff is like where you upload your mixtape and then he exported it to
1: YouTube. Oh my gosh. Which is hilarious. Everything about Shax is such a dad move and Shaq's like his diss track wasn't bad it wasn't great you lose a little creativity just in that he used a Dr. Dre beat which makes it less unique and the biggest problem is that all of his bars are just making fun of Damian Lillard for not having as illustrious of a basketball career as Shaq which is not what Damian said in the podcast at all it'd be like if I on this podcast said you know I just don't think JJ Reddick's basketball podcast is that good and then he'd be Like, fuck you, I've made the playoffs every single year. It's like it's like, wow, Mike, you're not a professional basketball player. You never went to Duke. What the fuck's up with that? That's great, JJ Reddick, but you sound like you're high on half of your episodes of your podcast and you're way too chill. I
2: was really surprised that Shaq wasn't just like, yo, I'm much taller than this man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: like, that's true.
1: Have you seen the size of my bed? <laughs>
2: Uh, I was on MTV Cribs and Damian Lillard was not. It's like, well, there are factors other than this that figured out why that happened. <laughs> I thought Shaq was pretty mean for something that was pretty innocuous to start with. But right. like, aren't all rap beefs. I'm going to start calling people out for saying things on podcasts. <laughs> not even if it's like about me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, all right, CO, Sarah Koenig, fucking hit it. And then I'm just going to do the hit em up to Sarah Koenig. I'm going to ether the shit out of WBZ. <laughs>
1: Bling, 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 (laughs) bling, bling. Oh, rap over the cereal beef? How has no one done this yet? I mean, somebody has to have. I mean, I hope it's good and everyone knows about it. If I ever get into podcast rap beef, I will certainly make the diss track over the cereal. That would be amazing. (laughs) Rap intro song. Gosh, that'd be very fun. So Damien, a couple days later, responded with a track that he called Rain, Rain, Go Away, but rain spelled R-E-I-G-N. This is an allusion to Shaq's third LP, which is called You Can't Stop the Rain. so, this has a more creative title, and the diss track itself is absolute fire.
2: I mean, he's very good at rapping. I'm not surprised. Speaking of fire, do you know what the image is from? It's, it's Shaq on Hot Ones when mm-hmm. he's just like crying from all the spice. Pretty good. Very good. It's very, it's very good. Jordan meme, the images themselves.
1: I yeah. love that. And Shaq's the one that he uses just a image of a photoshopped boombox that says bump box with two X's and then has Shaq on the cassette player <laughs> portion. It's just everything about Shaq's is so dad move. And even the audio quality is not that great. Dame's is really good, though. It's quite fire. And he retorts some of Shaq's claims. At one point in Shaq's diss track, he tries to make fun of Damian Lillard's net worth. But Damian Lillard's contract extension is more money than Shaq ever made in his career. So I get that Shaq has a lot of endorsement deals and stuff, but at least for money made by playing basketball, Damian Lillard is making more, which is just not a smart move to forget that inflation is a thing and try to brag about how much money you've made. I think forgetting that inflation is a thing is like a
2: major theme in
1: in contract negotiations with NBA players. So there are some quality lines from each my favorite from Dames is quote, "This is a different era. You the past and you the past." said yourself. <laughs> nice. I like just That's very good. this <laughs> so good. Said yourself that I'm a Tesla, no longer need diesel gas. Kind of like the Cavs ain't really need diesel ass. Because Shaq very late in his career has played for the Cavs, tried to team up with LeBron, it didn't work. Shaq ended up getting injured, they didn't really need him. Very good. Very, I like the use good. of
2: diesel. That's very good. It's mm-hmm. extremely good.
1: Shaq had a very solid line that I took note of, which towards the end, he says, quote, take your time to respond. There is no hurry. You'll never be Westbrook. You'll never be Curry. Yeah. It's a little weird because Westbrook, I guess, has won the MVP, but he's not very. I guess they're more famous. I Yeah, I That's, guess so. It is very much like Shaq's in the
2: 90s. It feels a little bit more straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, you've never won a championship. You're less famous than your peers. Get fucked and then Dame is just like layering shit on top of it which like demonstrates the fact that he's a better rapper
1: definitely and another thing that I really appreciated that Dame did Dame discredited the rings that Shaq won saying that he only won his first three because of Kobe and then said that he won his ring in Miami because of Dwayne Wade so I I do like it feels very Lincoln Douglas High School forensics team trying to specifically identify the arguments that your opponent has put forward and discredit their validity I really appreciate it that's fair uh damian lillard if you want to come on head heart gut anytime you mm-hmm. can rap yours and finally the the thing that i very much appreciated about dames is when he tweeted it out the tweet was okay i'm gonna go practice now <laughs> guys jimmy butler's been at practice it's 3 30 i can't be rapping anymore i gotta
2: get to practice
1: So yeah, Dame and Shaq had a rap beef. I'm sure that it was all in good fun and they're not actually mad at each other. Absolutely not. There's no way. It's just the off season and they need stuff to do and it provided a fun distraction and I would love to see it if... NBA and TNT tries to ignite this beef like I know they probably will, and 100%. I'm really excited to see the first time they are broadcasting a Portland Trailblazers game, because it's going to be a lot of fun. Charles is going
2: to have so many lines just lined up. He's going to have the genius lyrics just printed out.
1: Oh, uh, l- look, Kenny, <laughs> look, Shaq, I'm going a, I'm to a put you in a cycle. I'm going to put you in a whirl. My rhymes are so good. Your rhymes are terrible. <laughs>
2: That's not bad.
1: When it comes to your good bars, it's pretty slim pickings. When it comes to mine, it's barbecue chickens. <laughs> so that's full court Get it like this. <laughs> one, two, three, three, two,
0: one, three on three.
2: Mike, it's funny that we started with a rap beef here because everything we know about hip hop is kind of like making yourself seem like you're bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, you're a superstar, or maybe you're a superhero. And a way that you could also do that is by looking at comics. And I don't know if you know much about this, but there is a long tradition of the NBA being crossed over with the comics, especially since 2010. So, Mike, these are the three best and the three worst NBA comics crossovers.
1: Wow. That's great. This is not what I was expecting. And when you said making yourself bigger, I thought you were going to talk about how recently the NBA had to change their listed height policy because they (laughs) used to record players heights while they were wearing shoes. And now because of an issue where people thought Buddy Heald was a year younger than he actually was. Right. They changed all of the procedures for it so a lot of players who said that they were six feet taller now actually being listed as 510 or 511 I like the NBA official website is like the tinder of your actual height it's like no uh, I'm actually much taller it's like well
2: we play in a game where I'm going to see you in person so it doesn't really matter. But no, Mike, that's not what I'm talking about. Mike, would you like to start with the good ones or the bad ones first? Give me the
1: good ones. Okay, well, start so we with can good ones. end on ridiculousness.
2: Well, if you would like to end on ridiculousness, I think I want to start with the bad
1: ones. All right, let's start with the bad. Ones. The,
2: the good one, my number one, is truly the most ridiculous thing possible. Let's tell you, let's start with the bad. All right. My number three worst NBA and comics crossover comes from 1951 what? with Babe Ruth Sports Comics. Yeah, it was kind of rough. Nothing really makes sense. You know, in the 1950s, you could just make comics about whatever. This was in the middle of the comics code, so you couldn't, like, put actual fighting or anything. So you had to put just, like, the wildest shit possible in comics. So Babe Ruth had his own comic book series. Uh, the final issue was the big basketball issue. Like, everything about kind of, like, pre-1980 basketball, it's just, like, not nearly exactly what we're talking about. There's a lot of just, like, white guys... <laughs> Who are seemingly good at basketball but probably aren't? Yeah, shout out to Herb Cohen, Al Roth, <laughs> Ed Werner, Ed Roman, two dudes named Ed on this cover, and Floyd Lane. Um, I don't know what team they play for, it's CCNY. It's funny seeing like a screenshot of what people assumed the NBA was back in
1: 1951. Look, in addition to this, I just gotta say, this website comicbook.com is so fucking bad. <laughs> Look how big this header is. I know that he- it's up the whole screen. I can't read anything and there's nothing in the header. It's just white, like a third of the way down the page. It was really difficult for me to do the research for this, but I will see if this article was very helpful. So thanks. I guess comic book. I want to zoom out, but it doesn't change anything. What a shitty website. <laughs> We'll put the link to this atrocity we, on the we're website definitely, we're definitely link to com. it.
2: It's funny just seeing old comics like this. I love
1: that Babe Ruth is like, oh man, if we call it Babe Ruth, kids are going to buy it. I hate that his Yankee hat is yellow. As a Yankees fan, this hurts me. He's wearing a gross looking hat. It's a floppy you yellow You only have Yankee so many hat. different colors that you can use. Just put him in a regular Yankee hat. Why did we have to change it yellow to make it match the font of the comic book? That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, we're going to move
2: on. We're really going to dig into this one. Uh, Number two, the worst combination of comics in the NBA is uh, Marvel and ESPN the magazine. Yeah, this one looks pretty bad. So here's what happened. Back in 2010-ish, the Disney company, Mm -hmm. you might have heard of them. I have, yes. They own everything. Mm -hmm. Um, They owned ESPN for a very long time. And then that's around the time that Disney bought Marvel. So they wanted to show off the fact that their corporate synergy could fit together by turning their NBA preview for the 2010 season into, like, a Marvel comic book thing. This is on the bad list because good job, corporate synergy. And also, like pretty hit or miss on what they decided to investigate here so the way that they did this was that each team kind of got their own comic book cover Mm -hmm. which kind of like illustrated the issue or the thing that they're going to be working with and some of these were super on the money but other them are just like offensive and hurtful to the teams themselves uh, i send you the link here comics alliance collected all of them together let's just look at the first one here the unamazing cavaliers That's pretty, that's brutal. It's brutal. So it says King James is no more and LeBron wearing heat jersey because this is right when he left during the decision
1: and there's a Cavaliers jersey like in a trash can. It's raining. I mean, this is a play on a iconic Spider-Man comic cover, but the biggest problem I'm noting here, LeBron's butt looks rough, man. (laughs) It looks like there's a pillow stuffed in his shorts. Like LeBron's an in-shape dude. He's got a good butt. He looks quite frumpy in this photo. One, bad LeBron, but two, the Cavaliers got heavily dunked
2: on. Like mm-hmm. this is the preview of their season that they should just go fuck themselves that LeBron left. Um there are also some wild ones. The next one is you know, the Mavericks. Yeah uh Mark Cuban is like Ant-Man and he's he's like zapping all of his players with mad scientist energy. The Trailblazers was the next one, it's just about the fact that all of them are injured and they're yeah, all turning so into mean. cyborgs. Really me. The next one no. is the New Orleans Hornets. And it's all about whether or not Chris Paul is going to leave soon. Yep. So it's like, it's weird seeing these artistically stylized versions of what ESPN is like telling artists to write about. It's like, all right, so this is a guy named Chris Paul, right? And he just wants to leave and go to any other place. Can you draw this? But there's one that, Mike, I, I need to point you to. If you can scroll all the way down and go to the Bobcats one.
1: I'm trying to find... Oh, no. So, this
2: oh, one no. I'm skimming over some of them because a lot of... People... Oh. <laughs> this one is Michael Jordan drawn as Nick Fury. <laughs> He's the director of Bobcats. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen... <laughs> It's like Michael Jordan and his terrible mustache, and he has the, the the Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury eye patch.
1: The other problem is that it's supposed to be a play on S.H.I.E.L.D., so it's an acronym. So they've also turned Bobcats into an acronym. But what the fuck kind of acronym is going to have seven letters in it and spell Bobcats? <laughs> the Basketball Operation basketball Boys. Basketball again. The Basketball Operation Boys Challenging All Teams Successfully. Oh, Bobcats.
2: <laughs> basketball of basketball can actually... Time, sunshine, fun. I I don't
1: know. It just doesn't make any sense. I have been hired by Marvel. You have been fired.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of these has aged really poorly. It's really fun to look at. I'm going to talk more about this on the Five on Five, and we're going to share this link out. But, you know, just peruse... This is what Disney
1: decided to do with their big money and their corporate synergy. The next one is also so savage because it's got Amari Stonemeyer with a lot of heroes who are New York based in the Marvel universe. But then it's got Madison Square Garden in the background and the banner doesn't say... Welcome, Amare. It says, welcome, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, with all of them crossed out and then Amare written in because that season we were trying to get the people that all went to the heat and our consolation prize was getting Amare instead. That's so savage.
2: There's some other ones that are just weird, like Kobe being Iron Man. I also think it was funny that like they do a lot of references to Marvel characters that people wouldn't have really known Yet, like, introduced, because the MCU only started in 2008. If they were doing a preview for the the 2010-2011 season, the only MCU movies that came out were Iron Man, the first Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2. Mm -hmm. So, like, why are we talking about Deadshot and uh, Ant-Man when people don't even necessarily know? People who just random ESPN the magazine readers 12 people were really excited about it
1: 12 people lost their shit there's
2: also an image at the bottom here of Kobe Bryant wearing the Thanos gauntlet which one hilarious but two what a pull what a pull like and it is again not introduced really at all for another like 10 years foreshadowing and then of course the worst one
1: number one worst comic book they made a comic for the Brooklyn Knight yeah uh, I don't want to go in depth because (laughs) one of my that actually happened specifically I was (laughs) I was saving it for when the season started, so to squash all hope that the Nets had to be like, hey, remember that time you guys had the Brooklyn Knights? So that'll be a feature that actually happened. This is terrifying and Nightmare Fuel, and I hate it so much.
2: He's just like supposed to be a Brooklyn superhero, and they made a comic for him.
1: I don't even know where you can get this comic, actually. It's just, it's it's really bad. You can get it from your local dumpster in Bushwick. <laughs> in 2013. Take the train and- for 95 hours to Bushwick, and then get it from a dumpster.
2: Mike, you have, don't really know where Bushwick is. It's,
1: it's not that far away. too far away. I use, It's not that far away. Hold on. Google Maps. Let's just go from here. We're already in Brooklyn. Let's see how long it takes to get to Bushwick. You from can here. take the
2: bus. I Hold take on. the bus there all Towards the
1: time. Bushwick, Brooklyn, New York. By public transit. Oh, would you look at that? It will take 48 minutes by taking the G and then walking to the B60 and then taking that. That is the preferred route by Google. You know that The Brooklyn Knight doesn't hang out in Bushwick. He hangs out in the famed Barclays Center. Okay, let's see from here to the (laughs) Barclays Center. Oh, would you look at that? That only takes a a brief... (laughs) It takes a brief 39 minutes (laughs) to go from Brooklyn to other Brooklyn. (laughs) All right, well, now that Mike got all
2: of his Google Maps out of the way... Let's talk about the good comics. First one, number three, best crossover. This is just LeBron straight up as a superhero. Uh, ESPN and Marvel teamed up again after this. And, you know, they're probably going to keep teaming up like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2012, LeBron had his own branded comic book called King of the Rings. I thought it was online, but it's now like the ESPN website is totally messed up. But some highlights are LeBron facing off against an undead Shane Battier which I find really funny. Love it. Uh, Russell Westbrook with a robot arm, and old man Logan, old Wolverine just, like, Battling it out with LeBron himself. So, pretty cool comic. If I can get my hands on it, I'll definitely try to send it out. But right now, I could not find anything other than just kind of like the front. uh, There was LeBron as like a hologram, which I thought was really fun. Super silly. Uh, Number two. Mike, we're just going to get sillier and sillier here. We've entered the Charles Barkley zone right now. Right. Because uh, Charles Barkley is a superhero to many when Mm -hmm. you really think about it. Oh, yes. And the number
1: two is the DC Inside the NBA comics crossover. It's very interesting because they've made Charles Barkley so much smaller than Shaq. <laughs> and they're roughly the same. I guess Charles Barkley is a lot shorter than Shaq as he's only 6'4", but he just looks so tiny. They made Charles Barkley the size of Kenny Smith, and Ernie Johnson is taller than Chuck here. What is happening? The
2: images don't look great. I think it's because they tried to match each one of them onto a different DC superhero. Right. Which is really funny because like Kenny the Jet Smith is just like hanging out with Wonder Woman. Ernie is hanging out with Batman. Um, you Ernie really haven't lived until you've seen Shaquille O'Neal with actual Superman and both of them holding up a car at the same time. There's also an inexplicable part where the Flash is pushing Charles Barkley in a wheelbarrow at high speeds throughout New York City. Makes a lot of sense to me. You know,
1: you know the classic wheelbarrow flash crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his uh, weapon of choice. I like using that in that Mortal Kombat, but it's the Justice League people one. Injustice, I think it's called. Yeah, <laughs> when you do, injustice you know, fall of man, there it is.
2: I would like it when uh, you can play a Shaquille O'Neal in
1: Injustice. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you do left, left, right, B, A, X. The Flash takes out a wheelbarrow and starts wheeling your opponent around. If
2: you go into the codes and you put in barbecue chicken, you Mm -hmm. can play as Shaq. Um, This one is just freely on The Hollywood Reporter, so we're going to include that link and you can read it yourself. But we need to get to my favorite comic book crossover between basketball and the comics. Mike, did you know that there was a comic book called Charles Barkley? versus godzilla
1: i did not but i want to learn (laughs) everything about it and i need to leave right now to go read it okay well uh... (laughs) oh my gosh tell me everything all right
2: so we're (laughs) this is so convoluted so please stay with me so back in 1992 charles barkley huge NBA star he was signed with nike In order to promote Charles Barkley in a new shoe that was coming out, Nike was like, all right, we got to do something wild. Like, Charles Barkley, he's a big guy. He's fighting off monsters, both, like, in the NBA and in his life. Like, what are we going to do? Like, oh, obviously, we need Charles Barkley to fight Godzilla. Of course. So this started out as a commercial. In the commercial, Godzilla is rampaging through Tokyo while Charles Barkley is dribbling a basketball. (laughs) Uh, The monster then puts on pink Rex specs and they pull down uh, a giant O from a Tokyo sign and they just start playing basketball with each other. The commercial itself is wild. It makes absolutely no sense. I could spend an entire like that actually happened on this one thing, but they used a lot of the same like special effects and miniature buildings that they used in the 1984 Ghostbusters movie. They were using real special effects for this ridiculous commercial. I love it. This became such a big deal that the people at Dark Horse uh, decided that this would be an amazing comic book. So in December 1993, Dark Horse Comics released Godzilla vs. Barkley, a one-shot comic inspired by the commercial. But there's some major differences, especially the fact that a lot of this happens in California instead of Japan. Huh. I want to get my hands on this comic book so badly, but I think that the images, uh, there are some panels that they've included on comicbook.com. It's just wild. Seeing Godzilla
1: actually wearing Nike sneakers is ridiculous. And not just Nike sneakers. Charles says, quote, okay, you got your 13,000 triple E sneakers. (laughs) 13,000
2: triple E? You got your hoop.
1: I want to do one million layups. I'll be checking in on you. And then it cuts... To him saying, Godzilla got busy, and it's him shooting a layup. I'm going to screenshot that right now, my and favorite... that's going to be the Instagram photo <laughs> for this episode. Godzilla got busy.
2: Godzilla got busy. Well, I think that we have a title, too. Uh, my favorite thing is the next panel. is that It inexplicably just cuts to Charles Barkley on a plane, and a woman's like, so what are you doing in the city, Charles? And he's like, I got to go see a boy about a book." What <laughs> is that? I thought the phrase was, I gotta see a man about a dog. I guess, like, gotta see a guy about a thing. Or maybe it's him leaving and he's doing a different deal. Like, it's inexplicable, but we're going, like, these two panels are side by side. One, Godzilla doing layups, and the other one, Charles Barkley in 1993 plane.
1: I can't tell if he is wearing a Miami Vice white suit with a blue shirt underneath, or if that's a lab coat. It looks like it could be either. (laughs) So he's a scientist and he's also Miami Vice. I assumed it was Miami Vice. It's a versatile outfit. Goes straight from the lab to the lab, you know, like where people rap and drink purple drink. (laughs) If
2: the comics could do more of this, like, this is the epitome of what I want to see. I'm sure that these LeBron comics playing against Russell Westbrook with a robot arm is hilarious, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's so much more that we can do, make it even more ridiculous. It feels like it still needs to be pretty, like, for the NBA player, and maybe it's like people are more self-conscious about their brand, but, like... It's just a comic book. Like, let's do something silly. It'll be amazing.
1: Yeah, I think this one is very silly. I'm glad. It's perfect. This is absolutely perfect. I love it a lot.
2: (laughs) If anyone can get their hands on this, I'm going to go on eBay, like, immediately after we stop recording this episode. All these mashups are amazing. And, you know, Disney can own everything if maybe we'll get, like, an event, a real true Avengers NBA crossover. I would also love to see now it's a 2020 thing. So now it's like ten years after, and we really oh, do this again. Because yeah. even the best thing about these covers is how
1: poorly they age.
2: Mike, NBA comics crossovers, three, round three.
1: I love it. I, I had no idea this was even a thing, so I'm so happy. The closest I came to this was like the free comic book thing that a Wendy's once gave me about the Harlem Globetrotters. It's the Ooh. closest I ever got to that.
2: <laughs> Listen, the Harlem Globetrotters have hung out with Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. They don't count.
1: They're totally <laughs> in their own realm. Wow. Thank you for enlightening me, Eric. I really appreciate this. And now I. And if comicbook.com would just change their fucking website. Please. Your banner's so big. No one's going to be able to read anything and there's nothing there. Why does it take up half to pay? I really wanted to start out by saying, like, thanks to comicbook.com for doing a lot of work, but. Nah, but fuck you guys. Make your website better with <laughs> Wix. So you just enlightened me here, Eric. I'm hoping that I can enlighten you the same, because for this that actually happened, I think you might know of the story, but you know that Michael Jordan most famously wore the number 23. Yes. You know that he, for a couple of games, wore the number 45. But did you know that for one game, he wore number 12? Oh, no. Oh, you haven't heard about this.
0: Oh, good, no. good, 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 good.
1: We talked about this a while ago that like he changed it to 45 to honor his dad. His dad and his baseball number, and technically his number was still retired when he came back from the Bulls. Lots of things. No, why did he wear number 12? Yeah, ooh, I'm going to tell you. So the reason that I found out about the story was I knew this happened, but I didn't know there was so much lore behind the story. <laughs>
2: Okay, why is there always a conspiracy theory behind everything Michael Jordan does? Because he's Michael Jordan. Maybe it's because he's Nick Fury. Have you considered, though...
0: Bobcats.
2: (laughs) It's been Bobcats. It's basketball of basketball can actually torch uh, sunshine fun.
1: Is that what I said last time? It was close, but I think in this case it could be, like, bitches on bitches caught actively terrorizing Sir Airness. (laughs) Seattle. So... The reason I found out about this is because I unfortunately recently have been sucked into sneaker culture which is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me because it is so expensive for no reason. I've been watching more of those YouTube videos about the stories behind sneakers and all this other stuff. See, now I want to do that. <laughs> See, I want a new expensive hobby. It's uh, it's, it's. if you can just appreciate them, it's nice. Even today, I was getting coffee with someone and it happened to be right next to Flight Club, so I went into Flight uh, Club. That place is
2: dangerous.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. It's so expensive for the shoes there that it's almost not dangerous because you look at a shoe, you think that looks really nice, and then you look at the bottom and it says it's $500, and you go, I'm not even considering purchasing this, Right. but what I will say is I'm very glad I was wearing my multitude Air Jordans, which I'm wearing right now during recording, because you know what happens when you walk into a flight club? Everyone only looks at your shoes. Yeah. They don't look at you in the eye and they decide whether or not you are worth respecting as a human based on the shoes you walk in with.
2: Oh, yeah. So
1: thankfully, I got compliments on the shoes and then people asked me, is there anything I can help you with? <laughs> I can only imagine that if I was wearing bad shoes, no one would have noticed me and pretended that I didn't exist.
2: That's good. I feel like I've been staring at the same pair of Nike Dunks. They're the high tops and they're um, Iron Man colors. Okay. Even this was like back in 2011 Mm -hmm. when I was looking at them. They're like maroon and yellow and Mm -hmm. black. And I just love the colorway. I feel like I I love Dunks so
1: much. Mm -hmm. And they're not even like really produced that much anymore. Mm -mm. Dunks are not as popular as some of the other things. So go get at it. So... The reason I found out about this is because there was this iconic shoe, the Jordan 5, when Michael Jordan released that, the tongue of it has reflective 3M material. So yes, 3M, the safety and paper supply company, the tongue on the Jordan 5 in certain colorways was the reflective silver, which was really cool when he would play on the court because the light, it would bounce off and the tongue of the shoe would just shine because it's a safety material, basically. Right. So that's... Ridiculous. I was looking more into this shoe, and they said, oh, this shoe is really well-known because of Michael Jordan's iconic scoring 69 nice points game that he it's had where that, that year. they put that in the copy, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the other thing that they mentioned was also this shoe is infamous for being the shoe that he wore during the number 12 game. And I was like, oh, right. He had to wear number 12 because his jersey got stolen before a game started. Ha <laughs> ha! So this is 1990. They were playing the Orlando Magic in Orlando. And at some point in between shoot around and the game starting, someone stole Michael Jordan's number 23 red jersey.
2: If you had asked me what team they were playing, like in what city, I think I would have gotten Florida. 100% this is a Florida person sneaking in. (laughs) Florida man strikes again! Florida man steals local
1: NBA Legends jersey. I love that. My favorite superhero. So... (laughs) My favorite team-up (laughs) superheroes. So the team didn't have a backup jersey, which is wild to me. What if the jersey ripped? What if he got blood on the jersey? Don't they they have multiple jerseys? I would have assumed they have multiple jerseys. I guess this was 1990, so they weren't as prepared, but they didn't have a backup 23 jersey, so you know what they had to do to try to replace this. They had to wait for fans to come in and had to see if anyone was wearing a number 23 red jersey large enough for Jordan to wear during the game.
2: Okay. Wait. Hold on one fucking Mm -hmm, second.
1: mm -hmm.
2: So you're telling me Mm -hmm. and (laughs) okay. So they've been making like replica style jerseys for a long time. And and people you just buy them. They're like swingman jerseys. Mm -hmm. Are you telling me that they are in
1: fact the same jerseys that regular NBA players wear and play in? In 1990, I am not sure. Definitely now in the NBA, there's three tiers of jerseys. There's Authentic, which is what they wear, and those cost $250. Right. There's Swingman, which is close to what they wear, but they have iron-on jerseys. and They have iron-on letters and numbers instead of being stitched on. And the material is breathable, but not as high quality as the Authentic. Right, and they don't necessarily have the ads on them. It depends. If you buy a jersey online, it doesn't have the ads, but if you buy it in an arena, it does have right. the ads on it. And those are like 125 ish. And then they make replica jerseys, which are low quality. Sometimes the side is even different. One time I got a replica Draymond Green jersey for the Warriors, and the side was just a plain white stripe, even though their actual jerseys has a white stripe with a yellow stripe in between them. So those are low effort. They don't look as nice in their 60 ish dollars. And you can get a t shirt jersey. Mm-hmm. A jersey for shirsey. 20 bucks. And maybe they'll throw it to you during the game. Yeah, but uh, nah. The shirts they throw you during the games. So I have one. It's an XL giant NYX shirt. I did catch it in dramatic fashion, which was really cool, but it is so large.
2: That sounds great. It's I would so love that. large.
1: I use it as a pillowcase.
2: That's amazing. I love that. Also, do
1: you need a pillowcase? <laughs> no. <laughs> because... Because I'm a 27-year-old man and I still have acne problems, I switch out my pillowcase every night because it's better for my skin. So when I run out of actual pillowcases, I use old big T-shirts.
2: I, was, I'm, I know there's a real reason, but Mike, Mike, I'll, buy I don't. You, I'll
1: buy you pillowcases. Here's the thing. I have eight because I <laughs> switch it out every night. That's still not enough for you, boy. It depends how quickly I do laundry. But then it lets me wash this extra large shirt with my sheets and towels so I do it on hot, and hopefully it'll eventually shrink to a size that I could potentially wear and not look too ridiculous. If you Look, if you want to get me a pillowcase, <laughs> they're on the registry, so <laughs> find me some pillowcases. It's your Kelly. Kelly, do you need pillowcases? You can tell me. I'll do it. So solution number one. Was to find a replica jersey that was big enough. They couldn't find it, so they had to resort to plan B, which was they had a backup jersey that was at least the same caliber of what they use for all their Encore jerseys. And it was just a nameless number 12 Bulls jersey.
2: (laughs) Okay, so what you're saying is, okay, we're in Orlando and no one is wearing the opposing best player's jersey in Michael Jordan's size. And in in the proper color as well. Right. So weird that that happened.
1: I mean, he is Michael Jordan. It's not out of the question. I would
2: say, but proper color and size also. Surprise, you're not doing that in Orlando. Mm -hmm. You don't have the gamut that you would in Chicago. Mm
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm.
2: But don't worry, though. We prepared and have a number jersey of someone who doesn't
1: actually play on the team.
0: Right.
2: Like you can't even just switch jerseys. Like, hey, Luke Longley, you got
1: to do me a fucking solid, and I'm gonna wear your jersey today. I mean, first off, that wouldn't fit because Luke Longley's seven feet tall. That's what. I think maybe they just have it in case they have to call someone up on a quick contract because of some weird injury thing or something. I know, but
2: just like the prep involved of things that aren't actually helpful is like, oh, no, don't worry. Someone from the G League is going to come up and we have their blank jersey just in case they're going to take five minutes at the end of the game. But we
1: don't have extra jerseys for our starters. That's strange. That's strange. Very, very strange. So they put him in the number 12 jersey, and when they're doing warm-ups before the game actually starts, the announcer at the arena in Orlando has to say, quote, Please note that for the Bulls, Michael Jordan is wearing number 12 tonight. There's (laughs) a clip that you can watch online of this game, and it has that announcement in it, so we'll put that on the website, the episode page of horsehoops.com. But it's so funny that they had to announce that, like, don't worry, everybody. Michael Jordan is playing. He's just wearing a different jersey.
2: It's like there's a note on every single one of the chairs, chairs and it's like uh, the role of number 12 (laughs) tonight. Yeah, the little playbill insert. (laughs) The role of number 12 will be played by Michael Jordan. (laughs) Scotty Pippen's understudy
1: will also be taking over. (laughs) So (laughs) Jordan was pissed, but he still balled out. He scored 49 points, which was the high of any player playing that night. The Bulls ended up losing the game, though, in overtime. Unfortunate that he couldn't will them to victory and talk mad crap after the game. But he did have some fire quotes after the game regardless. Of course he does. So the first thing he says, is he kind of alludes to his team sucking because they asked him <laughs> <laughs> because it's not a Michael Jordan story or unless he rips people who are close to him. They asked if he was upset about the whole Jersey thing. And he says the frustration comes from losing a game that we should have won. I don't give a damn about the way I played. <laughs> we had our opportunities to win, and we should have capitalized on them, which very much is, I played great. The fuck were you guys doing? I don't know how Michael Jordan's going to be able to handle Iron Man and
2: Captain America with that attitude.
1: He did score a lot of points, but he shot like 50%, so it's not like he had an incredible game. He just shot a lot. I mean, He was angry. But... Definitely someone to emulate with your basketball prowess for the rest of time. He later went on to say about the jersey being stolen. That has never happened to me before. Of course. Surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's a story. Yeah. It's pretty irritating because you're accustomed to certain things and you don't like to have things misplaced. So there have been later investigations into this scenario and trying to figure out who did it, why they did it, what happened. And people are pretty (laughs) tight lipped about the whole thing. But the rumor that is prevailing is what happened is people got word of Michael Jordan being a little superstitious about certain things. Mm. And pregame prep was one of them. So the thought is that someone working for the magic hid slash stole the jersey just to get in Michael Jordan's head and the confirmation of that is from a story that I read it said quote a source close to the situation meaning that someone told them and said you can't use my name because
2: Michael Jordan still remembers this and will murder Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. oh
1: my god they revealed that a couple days later the jersey was found in the rafters in behind a ceiling tile Uh, push it up put it in of the visitor locker room so this person didn't even steal the jersey to have or to keep or to sell they just hid it from Michael Jordan so that he would be off of his game, and
2: it worked. The Bulls lost. Right now, Mike, can you confirm that the source was not Penny Hardaway in a mustache? Who's
1: to say? Who's <laughs> <Here's> to say? <laughs> it's Penny Hardaway, the voice changer. <laughs> So, it was potentially something to try to get Michael Jordan off his game, which could have worked, as well as the Orlando crowd that year was absolutely rocking, because it was their first season, so all the games were really well attended, and there's a quote from some of my research where someone said that the loud nature of the Orlando crowd upset head coach of the Bulls, Phil Jackson, so much that he threatened to file a complaint with the league office, which seems like an absolute lie. Seems completely made up by the Magic to try to hype themselves up, but I am so fucking here for it that I am okay with this. There's no way that Phil Jackson is going to file a complaint. Oh, the fans were just so loud. that You can't do that. There's no way he would do that, but I really appreciate this person just, what I think is saying a boldface lie to try to bolster support for the Orlando Magic basketball team. I'm of two minds of this, because
2: one, Phil Jackson was a player for a long time. Mm-hmm. He played on the Knicks, so he played in Madison Square Garden right. forever, the <laughs> biggest and loudest arena mm-hmm. in the NBA. He also was a coach for a long time. I can't imagine that someone who's been around basketball that long. But this current iteration I have of Phil Jackson in my head was like, Man, they were harsh in my zen. <laughs> I was in Florida and I was really trying to get all my players to come together and like come together in a triangle and like, man, my buzz was just totally harsh, guys.
1: Also, Florida man was there and he kept looking Florida at me. Florida man. <laughs> so yes, Florida man <laughs> stole Michael Jordan's number twenty-three jersey, so he had to wear a blank number twelve jersey, and the Bulls lost. And that actually happened.
2: Oh wait, that that that's a question I had. So. His name wasn't on it? Nothing. He it's was just, just 12?
1: It's just blank 12. It was just a <laughs> generic backup jersey that they had. There was a really sassy article that I read or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, for, I forget. I No, it was just like, hey, fuck well, Michael Jordan. No, no, no. There was one. It was a lot later on because either Nike or the NBA or someone was selling replica jerseys of this you could buy the blank bulls number 12. That's so good I love that. Which is kind of cool but this article was like this is a bunch of corporate bullshit where the NBA is trying to capitalize on this very obscure thing they wouldn't like I don't know it's kind of cool. That's very cool the fact that they know their own history. It's one of those things where if you had that blank jersey not a lot of people would know what it is but every now and then someone would see it and be like oh. Oh, that's really cool. That's the thing. You would appeal to hardcore Bulls fans. That's
2: like if I could buy a Nuggets jersey that's like the witch for yeah, our first yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love it. it would be like a mm-hmm. hexed or something right. like that. That would be very good. I
1: was at Yankee Stadium and I saw someone with a custom batting practice jersey that had number double zero and the name was Costanza that's <laughs> to pay homage good. to Seinfeld because George worked for the Yankees. Also very good where I feel like more people would get that but every now and then would be like, oh, I didn't know there was a player in the team named Costanza at one point.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what I was looking up. There are some stores out there that make, oh, it was when I got my Mighty, my Mighty Ducks jersey. Mm-hmm. So I use, that's my DMing jersey. Right. It's my Goldberg goalie jersey. And there are some places that actually make those like pop culture references with right. the fact that like the actual team would embrace that is really really
1: cool like i mean
2: i'm sure that major league did that like if rookie of the year had an indians jersey wouldn't you
1: wear that all the time first off rookie of the years by the chicago cubs i thought i i
2: confused i flipped major league and uh rookie of the year rookie of the year I've Let asked, me do this again so I don't offend, nope, I don't, nope, don't offend you. Nope, nope, this going in the podcast.
1: I will keep talking. There is, when, if
2: there was a Chicago Cubs jersey for Rookie of the Year, that would be amazing.
1: I asked my buddy Adam Amawala, who standup up comedian here in New York, and he's a huge Cubs fan, and I asked him, do a bunch of people wear Henry Rowan Gartner jerseys? And he's like, not as many as you would think. It makes right. me so sad. If I was a Cubs fan, that would be the only jersey I would own. And number one, Rowan Gartner, boom. Oh, gosh. That's
2: why I want a Like Mike jersey. <laughs>
1: What even team was he on? It was like the Knights. Knights. Yeah. And that proves the Knights are terrible. The vague Knights, which was a team that didn't exist, but they existed in the real NBA in that movie. Right. Which is very strange. They were just an extra team.
2: I'm surprised that they're... We've talked about this a lot, but like the Jersey of the NBA, it's a lot more like soccer is. But it's like, yeah, I'll buy it if it's cool. Just mm-hmm. give me more cool shit to wear. Yeah. yeah. So
1: you'll see us at the next horse thing, both wearing blank number 12. Now, <laughs> Jordan I, jerseys. Want, now I honestly want one. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that actually happened. That
2: did actually happen. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that you didn't talk about NBA 2K. This feels like the part where you end up talking about how you had a, also had a blank player who his last name was just period, and he was number 12.
1: I mean, I would have to edit it, and I'm a big fan of using what they give you as integral when you get a drafted player and he wears the most obnoxious things on one of my teams in nba 2k16 i drafted this dude who was basically a lebron every 10 years there will be someone who's the number one draft pick and yeah. he is already an 82 as a rookie and i had to trade five first round draft picks to get the number one pick for him which was totally fine because my team was already stacked i didn't need five new players i just needed one and his name was leroy mcknight he was this <laughs> six foot eight white dude with a blonde ponytail a headband and arm sleeves and leg sleeves, and the way the computer generated it was that his left arm sleeve and his right arm sleeve was different colors as were his left leg sleeve and his right leg sleeve. That's beautiful. He was so ridiculous. His number was 50. It was... (laughs) So over the top, and I just said yes, this is Leroy McKnight, and I will not change him. My biggest question about these is that why
2: don't they change the names? It feels like you're pulling from like a nineteen seventy five All NBA roster. Who is named Leroy in NBA two thousand in the NBA 2019 2020 uh, season? I love it. Leroy McKnight
1: is. Shout out Leroy <laughs> Shout McKnight. out to
2: Leroy McKnight. Uh, I'll wear a blank Leroy McKnight jersey. People will totally get it. I have. was
1: the Kings in that pretend season, so there you, you know. can get a uh, Sacramento Kings McKnight number 50 jersey and get all of the matching arm and leg sleeves.
2: I just, <laughs> I need you to start wearing the, the jerseys of your NBA 2K thing. It's like, oh, you don't get this? Oh, I'm, your audience is just um, yourself.
1: Oh, you never, you never played with Mike and his... Uh... <laughs> He's created team, the Vancouver Groove, where Willie Lowe is the star player who was supposed to be a point guard, but he moved him to shooting guard. And he now he was German. Runs catch and you shoots. don't remember his That's holy... Hans Hoffman. That's the reverse. Uh, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm so
2: sorry that I'm not. <laughs> <I turned laughs> Hans... exactly what I'm talking about. I, turned,
1: I turned Hans Hoffman from a shooting guard into a point guard. I turned Willie Lowe from a point guard into a shooting guard. And now I just run Clay Thompson off ball, three point catch and shoots for him. And he is going to win Rookie of the Year this season. And I'm very proud of him.
2: Congratulations. I love how you have a
1: one-man fandom, and it's yourself. Hey, I love the Vancouver Groove. They're going on to do great things. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wigman. The music is by Bettina Campamanis. And the website is by Kelly Beckman.
2: Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Bran Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burridge. I worked with Eric Stad, Kaylin Hates Square Dancing, Jordan Wood, and I am Adam Silver. Mike, you know where you can go to ask Charles Barkley about how he fought Godzilla? Mars. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty good. I'd put that in a comic, but you can also do it on social media. All right. And our social media, you can find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook, or you can go to Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter, because as we say every episode, it's because... Horse Hoops. Stole Michael Jordan's number 23 jersey. And he should be banned, and Horse Hoops was banned for that. Exactly. Our website is horsehoops.com, which has all of our research and the visual stuff, and we have a lot of it this episode, yes.
1: which you didn't see because this is a podcast. And if you want some sweet bonus content, such as 5 on 5, where Eric is going to talk more in depth about all of these comic book shenanigans over time, where we just talk about basketball stuff in a free-flowing format, or other goodies like us playing streams of video games against each other, you can head on over to patreon.com slash horsehoops. Oops. Mike, do you know
2: what is my favorite rap group that respects both the rap stylings of Shaquille O'Neal and Damian Lillard?
0: The
1: Beastie Boys.
2: Yes. And, mul- and oh, Multitude. Multitude. We were yeah, about so Multitude, course, but course. that was a good answer. Right. Uh, multitude is an audio collective of people who love the things that they love, but that does not mean we can't be critical about it and make some fun. So that is Spirits, join the party, Piralist, Waystation, Head headheart gut as part of the Multi Crew, and of course, Horse. You can find us on the internet at multitude.productions. You can find us on Twitter at multitude shows, and you can join the Multi Crew at Multicrew.Club.
1: And as we round out every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it's only fitting that we do a Godzilla screech on the count of three to pay homage to our alien friends. One, one, two, two, three. three. Ah! so high pitched for something that is so large
2: my dad brought home a Godzilla pinball machine when uh, I was a kid it's oh I amazing. hate that machine I don't, it's I a played, very hard
1: machine it's, it's a good one to different. own because then you don't have to use quarters it
2: was really and really fun my dad always had the high score but I remember uh, he brought it home when we were like 9, 10 and it, every so often especially when we turned it on it would yell bat mm. and it freaked me the fuck out especially when my dad would play late at night so I'm laying in my room and I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm 9 years old and then all of a sudden yes! Yeah!
1: And then Matthew Broderick goes, that's a lot of fish. (laughs) Good. Good (laughs) reference.
0: Good reference. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.